first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. It is here. We got through it. The season is actually upon us. I know we've said this a couple times just to try to rile up some interest in the preseason. This is the real but, thing. You know, after they after they go to Switzerland and lose to God, I, lasagna. There was was only so much interest you could really try to, but hey, it's all over. The preseason's over, and we are headed towards the regular season. It kicks off, or the puck drops, I guess, kicks off as football. I don't know. Let's just get We're doing our best. The hockey, it begins. Uh, It starts on Friday. I know I'm excited. I think my panel is as well, and let's get to them. Let's lead it off with Canada's own Kelly Hinkle. Speaking of its excitement, I've decided that I am going to drive the Justin Braun welcome wagon, and I'm going to make everyone believe what I believe, which is that his addition to the team is going to be very, very good. Yeah, we're going to get into it in a little bit, but I was talking to Charlie before the show. When the acquisitions happened, I was worried about Braun and optimistic about Niskanen, and now I am the opposite. Mm-hmm. It looks like one fits, and Niskanen isn't that guy. <laughs> Oh, I didn't feel that way. I don't That's know. interesting. Just, really? Yeah. He just looks s- slow. Well, I, I mean, yes. I mean, so you can be slow and still, I don't know. He just looks behind. I think That's, I think it'll be interesting. Behind. It'll be interesting to see how he looks in the regular season yeah. because you know, there's something to be said about knocking just. Yeah, like guys, veterans especially, knocking the rust off. And he also is obviously getting used to a new team. But yeah, I don't think he's had, like, talking about Niskan, I don't think he's had a great preseason or anything. And I think, you know, the fact that he concluded the preseason on what ostensibly is the third pair with Robert Haig, that kind of shows that I don't think the coaches have been that impressed with him either. I just yeah, think great. I think it's hilarious that Kelly is doing with Braun what I did with Haig for a while, and now everyone thinks that I'm I'm the biggest Haig apologist. Which, like, I mean, fine, but I'm not. <laughs> that's kind of accurate, actually. Kelly's doing yeah, it because so- because you can't quantify defense, and that's Kelly's argument. Right, so look for me to have like a whole bunch of regret in like three months when people are telling you what an idiot I am. <laughs> Excellent. That's right on schedule for the Steph Driver regret timeline. <laughs> From theathletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So we're going to get into, into this a little bit on the show. Um, but I just to kick this off, I have to say it's, it's really stupid that a guy in Andy Walensky, who clearly was never going to make the Flyers, it's really stupid that he can't be sent down before the start of the season until he's cleared health-wise when there was no chance he was ever going to make the team in the first place. And like this, the fact that he can't be sent down is having a real impact on the Flyers' ability to build their what the roster they want to build. And it's just, like I guess I understand it to a degree. I understand why it was put into the CBA like that. But this just feels like something that the next time they do a CBA, just come up with some sort of loophole where it's like, guy who never was making the NHL should not be like influencing the long-term injury reserve situation or the cap situation of a team that never wanted him in the NHL in the first place. Like it's just, it's just dumb. It's really dumb. And I don't like it, not just because it's affecting the Flyers, but just because it just seems like it's, it just seems like it's against the spirit of roster building. It just seems stupid to me. Yeah. And- the 
the salary cap has kind of you know gotten in the Flyers' way a little bit. I was telling talking to someone earlier, like I thought when Ron Hextall came here and solved all of our problems, that fix was permanent. <laughs> it's like oh well, we we you know paid a couple of guys because they're good, and the cap didn't go up as much as we wanted it to, and suddenly. Here we are. We're back. We're back. We're back, hell. gang. <laughs> and it's like, I can't say we're in cap hell because we have maybe like actually good players making the money this time. Uh, but, you know, remains to be seen. But, yeah, it's I can't believe that we're already like, well, you know, Phil Myers would probably be here and maybe Joel Farabee would be here. But uh, the salary cap. So I, annoying. I think, yeah, but I think like. It's a little bit dramatic because they are with the team. I mean, they're all in Switzerland. They weren't actually put on a plane back to Lehigh Valley. I understand, but like, I want them to play against Chicago, and they're probably not going to. They might. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's yeah. no reason to believe that they won't. And that voice you just heard is Robert Haig's number one fan. Steph Licious D. Steph Driver. Uh, we're going to get into this a little bit more not like in five minutes, uh, but Nolan Patrick out for the start of the season did not get his free trip to Europe because of his migraine disorder. And as someone who has get his shoes though, because if he got the shoes, it's worth it. I, I fully believe that they outfitted him. Have you seen the logo? Like the logo is really fucking I cool too. Shoes, the man. shoes are pretty cool. The shoes are cool. The logos cool. like, I want the whole situation i want i want it all uh should we all get matching jumpsuits yes yes um charlie won't wear it yes no charlie's (laughs) going to he's going to be really grumpy about it but charlie will wear it because of peer pressure and also we know where he lives um so anyway as someone that has brain issues like migraines are no fucking joke um so this is apparently something that Nolan and his whole family have been dealing with forever. Um, and we'll dig into it further, but like, this is not, this is an illness. This isn't an injury. And that's it. I want to talk about the four, uh, three loss to lasagna. <laughs> lasagna. <laughs> um, so it is, it is. I have a hot take. Lasagna's bad. It is, it is bad. It is lasagna. Right. I, I like lasagna. It is lasagna, but I, I'm yeah. totally cool with calling them lasagna because that's just funny. And it's I think it it I think it perfectly illustrates the ridiculousness of that game. It kind of Now does. listen. I did not want to lose to some Swiss league team, but I'm going to put a silver lining on it and then I'm going to complain about it after that. Here we go. But first per- classic sil- bill. Yeah. First I'm going to put the silver lining on it. You know how we all just wanted the Eagles to like play just go into the preseason even if they look bad just to like all right, you got the bad out of the way well the flyers got the band out of the way that's <laughs> what carter hart especially our carson wentz carter hart got the band out do, of the do, way do, 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 do. Yeah, got beaten up on by um i you know lazan <laughs> and yeah. that while it's not like you'd rather him shut them out and look like an nhl goalie against non-nhl competition this is his clunker, and now for the next month, like he's good. He's good for a month. His next bad game is going to be in November. So I've got That's a lot I'm of I've at. got a lot of excuses for Carter Hart. Number one, the altitude. <laughs> Number two, hungover. My excuse for everybody on this trip is hungover. <laughs> I actually <laughs> think that no they were probably he... still drunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that flight. Like you're telling me, they were all just drinking chocolate milk on that flight. Well, Get that's my here. third. That's the third excuse. Belly full of chocolate. So <laughs> I mean, Swiss, yeah, Switzerland. A lot of chocolate. Yeah. They have a whole. They did the whole JVR yeah, and, segment. Pitlick. Yeah, Pitlicker um, <laughs> was doing. Jesus Christ! I can't. I can't help I myself. Love this team. Um, uh, and Gritty was doing the whole chocolate thing. So, one, the altitude, which I think that's probably legit. Like, that could be fucking with them a is, little bit. Is that, because, I mean, I know Switzerland has mountains, but it's not like everything is up in the mountains. I don't know if that town is. Excuse know, me. Also, altitude. Also in Colorado. Like, no one makes that excuse for Colorado games. Excuse me. They do in football. Altitude. Oh, no. They do. <laughs> <laughs> Two, hungover slash actively drunk. Three, belly full of chocolate. And, like, let's be honest. And this is just for Carter Hart. I mean, the rest of the team, too, but just Carter let's Hart. Let's be honest. They didn't care. That's That, to me, was, was the big thing. Like, I mean, even beyond, like, well, maybe they were out the night before. Who the hell knows? Yeah, that's, but, that's like, just... it really just boils down to the fact that 
for this Swiss League team, this is their. I, I think it was uh, Vino who said it apparently a couple of days before the game. Yeah. Was like, this is their Stanley Cup, and for the Flyers, this is like the don't get hurt game. Yes, and I think they just sort of walked in and they're like, "Well, let's just not get hurt, and we'll still be able to run over this team." And the first period, they just were not ready for how hard the other team was going to come at them. That's it was yeah. And listen again, you should just beat a team you're better than. Yeah, well, like, yeah, absolutely. By like a series, it's not like oh well, like the Ottawa Senators aren't going to go zero and eighty two this year. Yeah. You know, yeah, even though everyone's games. better than them, like you are substantially better than Lazan. <laughs> like, you and like just beat them, but uh, it actually it mattered to them, and it did not matter to the Flyers. Charlie asks, and this is why I wanted to start with this because Charlie, you have in the outline, how big of a deal was this actually? I watched a replay of the game because I was at work, and uh, to tell you how big of a deal this was at Chickies and Pete's in South Philly, uh, it wasn't on. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> but this, so- to look at Twitter, this was. The this was a disaster of epic proportions. Epic. epic. This is a bloodbath. So I've actually done the research and Denver is significantly higher than lasagna. Oh dear. Well, <laughs> all right. But altitude. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I think that's like I mean, obviously It's significantly so lasagna is significantly higher than Philadelphia. Okay. So there's that. All right. There's but that. I'm just saying. Um, Kelly made the good point about Denver. Yeah, it's fair. Mile high city, right? Um, yeah, it's just, it's a weird thing because the people on Twitter obviously are Flyers fans, so they're paying attention to this game. Obviously, the vast majority of just Philly sports fans in general, like a lot of Philly sports fans in general don't care about the Flyers, but there's even a smaller subsection that actually care enough to pay attention to a preseason hockey game yeah. in another country that's being played in the middle of the freaking 2 day on a, on a weekday or Monday, whenever. It was. So to me, it's just like all this really was in the grand scheme of things is another way for people who are already already yes. negatively predisposed to the Flyers to make fun of them. Yeah, that's and that's like scheduling wise this being the final tune up before and like the cuts came after like I don't love it scheduling wise but it is what it is. You're in this global series, this is what happens. Yeah, yeah. You got to do it. Um I, I just for a team that's like trying to break a perception. Exactly. To come out and underwhelm especially in the first period against a freaking swiss league team (laughs) is less than ideal and like that's all it is is perception like jake voracek says if they start this season three and oh ain't nobody gonna get care i don't know how jake would know that they haven't started (laughs) three and oh since his first year here but i I don't doubt you looked that up as soon as he made that comment i immediately (laughs) clicked on his first year at the flyers with the schedule and results and then went year by year the first year they went amazing i I have a love-hate relationship with the man. I understand that. If they were good and he were a cocky dick the way he is, he would be my favorite player. But since they're mediocre and he walks around like he can just be an asshole, I, I'm going to throw stones every now and then. I, I love Jake, but I, I, love I, a- but, but I, get, I get your thing. I get He's it. an excellent hockey player. He's very good at playing the hockey. All right. As long as we acknowledge that. I have never once said he's not a good player. Okay. I'm I am not accusing you of that. Yeah. I just I, I, there's right. a portion of our audience that thinks losing him, even for not a good return, would make them better. I just want to talk, guys. Like that's <laughs> not true. <laughs> that's exceptionally not true. All right, let's get to let's get to the Nolan Patrick situation because um, oh, my sweetest man, we finally got rosy uh, cheek an actual report. Yeah, on this, I got which I got got I got got on Twitter that freaking story from the score from like two years oh, ago boy. about the facial infection. Oh, okay. I saw yeah, yeah, yeah. that I and I thought tweeted. that you were trolling. No, I fell for it. And his just, face, I got God. He wasn't going to have a face infection twice in his I don't career. Know. I, just, I mean, maybe. I, you who never know, know what he's into. Knows. Maybe he's going to club champagne too much. It's a classy establishment, folks. In this house, we eat ass. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to delete. But this this migraine disorder. Um, 
somehow, some way, I have like a pretty well functioning brain. But from anyone I've ever heard who's like had a migraine, they are uh, disabling. Yes, yes, they are. And he has a disorder. It's this is an this is an ongoing thing, and they don't know how to treat it, or they're treating it. And f- so he's like, been what? he's been medicated mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of his life. Um, and apparently as of June, like this is the thing with migraines, they're hard to treat and yeah. finding the right medication takes a lot of tweaking and stuff changes. So something, I don't know whether, I don't know anything about what changed for him, but anything could trigger a change or nothing. So apparently since June, they've been trying different formulations of medicine and it takes a while. That's why we're here in October And we don't have a solution. Well, my understanding, based on what Fletcher said in New York on Thursday, was that one of the things that made this tough to figure out was that if I'm sure we all remember this, like Patrick had a lot of head things in games in the second half of last year, like the Curtis Gabriel hit. um, I think then something happened to him like the game after that. Isn't he a Flyers now? Well, now he's a fan. Oh, fuck him. But uh, and then then the, the last one was like, I think midway through March, he took a shot in in on the island to the back of his neck. Yeah, when he got hit in the game. yeah. And then if you remember if you remember he actually missed the final two games of the regular season that thought was just it was like precautionary, but I think what happened was that because all that shit had happened in the second half and then he had these migraines, there was a feeling like it might be concussion related. And I think because of that they really weren't sure what to do. But according to Flesher, and like the thing with head injuries or even just head issues in general is that it's it's so hard to know for sure that like this is not concussion related or it was yeah. not sparked by a concussion or whatever. But according to Fletcher, they the doctors are confident that this migraine issue is completely independent of a lingering concussion. So that that is supposedly was like the point where they they figured out, okay, this is now how we can treat it. Because I think if it was like, well, if it's migraines as a result of a concussion, they would have had to do something different to deal with it rather than it just being migraines. But because the doctors have apparently come to a, a consensus, a medical consensus, that like this is just a migraine disorder, now they can go about treating it just like it's a migraine disorder. And, and there's a lot that falls into that, as Steph was implying, like, Part of it, obviously, is medication, but it goes beyond that. I mean, some of it's diet. Diet. Like some people, yeah, some people have to change their diets to better, better, you know, maintain their, you know, their headaches or migraines. Yeah, uh, and I mean, everything goes into it. And migraines can be a side effect from post-concussion yeah, disorder, which yeah. is why it was tough. Yeah, and that's uh, Kelly. You have here to, on the outline something that just really sent shivers up my spine. Yeah. So. I was getting Eric Lindros flashbacks, and it's obviously not the same situation because Eric Lindros's head problems were caused by hits. But I think we learned at some point during his career that he was kind of just more predisposed to getting them than normal people, which is why people like to call him glasshead or whatever. And I just worry that this is going to be a thing forever because like Steph said things changes you know your brain chemistry could change the medicine could stop working the way it was before and then you have to do a whole new thing where you're trying to figure out okay how do we make these headaches go away and if this is going to happen forever how many games is he going to miss in any given season over the course of his career makes me nervous yeah it puts um to me not Lindros because that's all these guys are concussion related but I was thinking more along the lines of how I've heard uh, like Pronger or Primo talk about yeah. their lives post-hockey, post-concussions, and how it's just like killer migraines, the exposure to light, like uh, extreme stimulus, all the things that go on, you know, in a hockey arena, and how it's very difficult for them. But sure. if the, this not being concussion-related, as far as we know, I think is good news, but... Since it's a disorder and not like Steph said, this is an illness. Not it's an, an illness, so it is going to happen for yeah. the rest of his life, and that's and I then, think what we need to be focused on more than how many games he's going to miss. Well, I mean, I, I'm looking like, at the hockey I team. Care, like, I know that's the thing. I care about him as a person. Sure, like I don't, I don't want any person to suffer some horrible disease. But the fact of the matter is that he's an an integral part of his hockey team, and it's not concussion related. Sure, but let's say he does get 
concussed, which is probably going to happen because he plays hockey. Does that make it worse because he has this disorder? Is he going to be out longer because of it? I think it's fair that you can feel bad for the kid that he has this problem and also wonder how it's going to affect the hockey team. I I see what you're saying, but I think that a lot of, I mean, a lot of that is speculation. We don't know if, yeah, if getting sure. a, getting a concussion is going to make anything worse. We don't know if the disorder is going to make concussions worse. We just don't know. I'll tell you what, looks, um, but, wait. but he did play his entire life with this. Like he played all through juniors with this. It's not brand new. Yeah. It's not brand new. He's been managing it for his whole life. And the fact that he's been managing it for his whole life makes me feel a lot better than if it were to be brand new. Yeah, And I do think one of the things, sorry, Bill, but I do think one of the things that, and this could change in the next day or two, but the fact that this didn't happen today, it actually, I I know, and we're going to get into this in a few minutes, the whole Joel Farabee thing. Joel Farabee was sent down. The Flyers got, you know, basically set up their cap situation, but the fact that they did not put Nolan Patrick on long-term IR actually makes me feel better about this whole thing. Okay. Because if they think Nolan Patrick is going to like miss the season with this, they would have just put him on long-term yeah, IR yeah. and kept Joel Farabee. But the reason why you don't put a guy on long-term IR, and they would have they would have basically done it today because there's there's reasons why you don't want to necessarily start the season on long-term IR, but once the season actually begins and it theoretically begun today, they could do it. But the reason why you don't put a guy on long-term IR is because if you put him on long-term IR, that means that he's going to miss at least 10 games close to a month. If they didn't put him on long-term IR, that seems to think they think there's a possibility he can play in October, which to mm. me, which tells me that they are act, they're not just posturing. They're actually confident that the fact that he's gotten this diagnosis and the fact that he's on this new regimen, they think they can figure this out. And that makes me feel better, not just about the Flyers, but it makes me feel better about Nolan Patrick. Because like he's not the only guy who's had migraine issues and has figured out a way to make it work in the NHL. Nick Bukestad's a guy. Had migraines. He missed an entire month of the season, like out of the blue. I think when he was with Florida, because he just was getting debilitating migraines. Mm-hmm. They had to figure out how to manage it, and they did. And now he's fine. Like he's not a great NHL player, but he's fine. But that's not because but, of the migraines. Yeah, it's just because he's not a great <laughs> NHL player. Yeah. yeah, but like it can be figured out. And I'm happy that it seems like the Flyers are at least by virtue of what they've done, seem confident they will get it figured out. Yeah, and it's possible they just didn't want to put him on a plane. Yeah. Like, yeah. not yeah, that's yet, a great anyway. Point. And like, when we talk about whether the altitude is a consideration or not, like, it's, if it's changes to routine, whatever, yes, that sort of flight, that sort of pressure, anything could uh, could really affect well, Now, I, as I'm saying that out loud, I'm like, oh, well, they do start the season when they come back home on the road, but it's different to be that far away from all of your doctors. Well, it's also why take the risk, because it's not like... It's not like he was going to play in this game anyway yeah. because the guy hasn't had a training camp. Like, the whole plan with Patrick, I think the optimistic plan, based on what Fletcher told us last Thursday, was when they get back home, they're going to reevaluate him. They're going to basically see, like, hey, if you not had a migraine in, like, a week, great. Now we're going to start conditioning you for the season because you didn't do that in September because we we're trying to figure out what the heck was wrong with your head. So, like, even if he had went on this trip and didn't have migraines, he wasn't going to play. Because he just wasn't physically ready mm-hmm. to. So it was just kind of like, why take the risk of putting him on a plane, having these symptoms come back, and having his doctors not be here? We might as well just keep him home when he's not going to play anyway. Because a free trip to Switzerland and to Prague would be cool. That's fair. I'll tell you what I like yeah, even chocolates. more after after all this came out about Nolan Patrick. Kevin Hayes signing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was actually, I asked, so I asked Fletcher that on Thursday. I basically because he said we found out about this in June. Yeah, that's they signed the, the Kevin timeline. Hayes in June, yep. and it was like, did the uncertainty around his status make it? You know, did that push you even more to basically sign Kevin Hayes? And he kind of sidestepped the question. He was sort of like, well, I don't really want to get into that. And so it's like, okay, so maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's if they don't know. It's June when he tells yep. them he's suffering from this. At this point, they don't know. Is this a long-term post-concussion exactly, thing? Exactly. Exactly. Is this? He's got this migraine disorder. We he got hit in the back of the head with a freaking puck. We don't know what's going on. Yeah. What we do know is that we don't have more than one center exactly. if he's not going to play. So I, I, 
I feel much better about this. The idea of the overpayment becomes uh, more and more tolerable to me, even though I never was opposed to it in the first place. But it's I'm glad they addressed this in more than one way. Hopefully, Nolan Patrick can get out on the ice soon because, man, that gift of the second overall pick getting dropped in their laps was supposed to like signify something. Like, okay, here we go. This accelerates everything. We got one of these guys to go along with this core we already have. And there's been a lot of false starts with Patrick. I really hope uh, things get figured out with him soon. Let's get into Myers and Farabee a little, though. Um, Were these just cat moves? Like, if everything else was the same, but the Flyers were in a better cap situation, are they here? I think yes. I think yes. Now, your first bullet here, Myers didn't have a great camp. And I think that's true. However, he's still, I mean, he's he's still a, a more integral part of this team than, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Justin Braun and Matt Niskanen. I, and well, Robert he's definitely, He's definitely a more integral part of the future, we hope. Yes. Yeah, and you know it's training camp. I don't, I don't see a world in which he stays with the Phantoms. No, I don't. Or think, even yeah. shows up in Lehigh Valley. If we're being honest, I think there's a chance he's got to play a few games down there. I could, um, I could say it. I, I think to answer, I guess it was Bill's question originally. I think that I think Myers was just Myers was sent down almost exclusively because of the cap. Because as I talked about in my my opening statement, I think the Andy Walensky situation really screwed Myers over because Vigneault apparently said in Europe that he prefers to keep eight defensemen. And I think going into camp, that was always the plan, was to keep all eight defensemen. That includes Phil Myers, Robert Haig, and Sam Moran. They were going to keep all eight. Haig and and Moran aren't waiver exempt anymore. Myers was expected to make the team as the six. Then Myers had a mediocre camp. So then... Myers was in a situation where he wasn't necessarily going to start game one, and then Walensky got hurt, and then they had a guy who was never going to make the team, who they then knew they were probably going to have to go into the start of the year with his cap still counting against their cap situation, so it was like, okay, we need to clear somebody down to accommodate Walensky, we can't, you know, Myers isn't going to play in game one anyway, and we can send him down. We don't have to worry about losing him a waiver. So he became the guy they sent down because what would have happened had they not sent him down, what would have happened had Winlinski not been hurt, it would have just been Myers would have been on the final roster, but he would have been a scratch. So there's not that much difference. Now, the thing is, is that he might have to stay down there until Walensky gets healthy because they're not allowed. The thing with Walensky is they're not actually allowed to remove him from the roster until he is cleared. And it's going to be a two-day process because he's not waiver-exempt. So he'll have to get cleared medically. Then they'll have to waive him. Presumably no one is going to claim him because he's Andy Walensky. And then the next day they will send him down. And I suspect that when he's sent down, they will finally bring Myers back. And then the Flyers will have their eight defenseman thing. So I think Myers absolutely was just because of the cap. Farabee, on the other hand, I don't know. Because... I think Carson Torinsky beat him out for the third line wing job. And I don't know if they would like, I don't think they, I think they were only going to keep Joel Farabee if he was in the top nine. Okay. And if he's not in the top nine, then I think they were going to send him down. Like, I think he should have won that job. But once they decided that Carson Torinsky is going to be our third line wing for game one, then it becomes the same calculation it was with Morgan Frost, where it's like, are we better off having him as the fourth-line center in the NHL getting seven minutes a night, or are we better off him starting his pro career getting 20 minutes a night playing in all three situations in the minors? What do you have on Myers, Kelly? So here, just to get back to that a little bit, this is the worry that I have, and I don't know if it's like logical or not, but my thought is, like, so we all, I think, were expecting Myers to be one of the six defensemen yes, on this team. absolutely, yeah. so, and I think they were, too. They were, yeah. yeah. So, okay, he is not a great camp, and he's sent down for many reasons. My worry is that one of Haig or Moran plays somehow well over the first three or four games, and then we're looking at a Phil Myers in the press box because reasons. And I just really worry that that is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always possible when a guy isn't in the lineup that he's not going to find a way back into the lineup. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they'll bring him up in that situation. Yeah. But more importantly, yeah, I don't see a situation in which 
Haig or Moran <laughs> are very good for an extended period of time. I mean, me neither. But, you but know, no, well, I yeah, well, see, I guess the thing with that though is I agree with you. But what I but what I'm I not what I worry about is I, I don't think they're going to be good. But I could see them convincing the coach yes. they're good. No, that's, <laughs> no, and that's part that's part of one just what happens in hockey yeah, exactly. to our collective PTSD. Um, my main worry with Phil Myers at this point because we've all been. Really high on Phil for a while. Oh, have we just overrated him? No. It's possible. It possible? I, I absolutely think it's possible. It's, it has to be a concern, sure. I mean, he went undrafted. He went undrafted. He so, got outright released by the Flames. He was in their rookie camp, and then we got him. And then he breaks out after he signs the deal here, and it's been all roads pointing to he's going to be really good. But... Has anyone seen that at this level yet? I, I, he I looked think we fine s- at the end of last season. It's not like he banged down the door. He was fine. I think he belongs in our top six. I think he's probably one of the Flyers' top six best defensemen, but he seems like a guy who's going to have to kick down the door to get a shot, and he just hasn't yet. I, I and don't, he's young. And he's yeah. young. He's young. So I don't necessarily think that we have overrated him, but I think it's possible. Um, and, and I think that, you know, that could be said for any of the youths and we're sure. so close to the situation. He was one of the first defensemen that we were like, holy shit, like, look at this guy, look at him. Ron found him out of nowhere, which adds to his appeal. I think I yes. don't, but I don't think, you know, he, he belongs in the top six. I, I think he belongs in the NHL full stop. Yeah, and that's the thing. It depends on where you were rating him. Like, I was super high on Phil Myers, but I wasn't under the impression that he was going to be a two or three. Like, he's a very solid five or six, and I think that he fits there better than either Haig or Moran, and I just worry that, like Charlie said, they're going to do hockey men things and find themselves in the lineup forever, and Phil Myers is stuck on the Phantoms. Well, I I think for me it's not – like, I agree that he's probably right now a fine five or six. For me it's that – I mean, I had hopes. I looked at him as a guy who I'm like, his ceiling is top pair defenseman. I didn't think it was a number one, but I was like, he's his ceiling, if he hits his ceiling, is a guy who can play in a top pair and be pretty darn good because physically he's got all the tools. He can do everything he wants to on the ice. It's just that, okay, now he's gone through two training camps where he was given a really good chance to make the team. And both camps, he kind of just was meh. And... In the 20, 21 games he played at the end of last season, you know, we liked what we saw because he did a lot of cool things and looked really aggressive and was still bigger and faster and stronger than everybody. The fact of the matter is, guy scored two points in 21 games. Assist, yeah. And his, like, his Corsi was, was fine, but if you looked at, like, the adjusted numbers, like, when you look at expected goals and you look at quality adjusted, like, the Flyers only got, like, 40% of the expected goals when he was on the ice, which is bad. So it's like... It just there are things that are now creeping in that are making you worry. Like as as Bill said, is it possible that we've overrated him? Because I always viewed Phil Myers as a guy who I thought he was going to be a top four defenseman in the NHL, and I still think he could be. But now you're just getting those doubts. Those doubts are starting to creep in because I really thought he was going to kill this camp. I thought he was just going to dominate, and it turned like he just. He never really showed it. His best game, I thought, was the final game in New York. But by then, I think the decision had already been made. And here's the thing. He's not 23 years old yet. There's a chance he gets to that top four, even top pair. Like most defensemen aren't good at 22, you know. But a lot of them are. A lot of them. That's absolutely. the thing. A lot. A lot of, as, the earlier a guy gets to the NHL, the better chance oh, he has of being really good. One hundred percent. I agree. I just always look at like Duncan Keith spent two full seasons in the AHL. Like. I, Defense is really hard in this league, and if he's just a guy who develops at each level at a slow, like, there's a reason he went undrafted. It's because he developed slowly in junior. There's a reason he's not here. It's because he's not fully adjusted to the NHL yet, and it just keeps going on. He could eventually get there. I just, man, to hear them talk in the beginning of this offseason, like, they said the reason they got rid of Goose yeah. was because Phil Myers is our third pair right shot defenseman. And we wanted three lefties and three righties. They built part of their offseason plan around Phil Myers being in this lineup. He is not. So I think if we overrated him, we're not in like the minority. Yeah, I agree you know? with that. Uh, they did too. 
Uh, I said to myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we're we going to take a quick break here because I have no idea what time we started. But there's I'm says, sorry. There's I'm some, sorry. I'm, I'm not blaming you. I'm just, it, it says break fam here, and I don't know when we started. This is probably about half. We're going to break, and we'll be back on the other side. All right, so we're back. Uh, <laughs> That's going to be fun later on. Uh, there'll, there'll be like a, a, a blip there where, where Taylor will be able to find no no talking happening. Like how often on the show is there nobody talking, you know? Uh, <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, Farabee, I like I, I liked what I saw out of the kid. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep talking about him for a second. Yes, um, I liked him a lot. Now that they're both down in the A, him and Frost... Do you think like I think it's a competition now to see which one gets up first? I really mm-hmm. think it's like I'm a down race. for this. Did I you see me a, perk up? Uh, yeah, I think this is a race to the top now. Like, all right, Farabee and Frost going head to head to see who's up here first with with the germ also kind of hanging around too. But I I think with with AV being new and with wanting to just figure this thing out, um, the roster's not going to be stagnant. I think we're going to see some. Uh, some more movement than we've been used to in years past. How do you guys feel? Well, Fletcher flat out said that. Oh, he's, okay. he said that in the like exactly yeah. those words. Yeah. Really, I like, should listen when people talk. Yeah, basically, he said like, <laughs> "Look, this is the opening game roster, but it's that's just what it is. It's the opening game roster, and we're going to have a lot of movement between the AHL and the NHL in the first couple weeks of the year, right, cool. while the cap situation is is fluid. Which to me tells it's like basically as long as Walensky and Patrick are in this sort of limbo, then we're going to have a lot of up and down. So can we call Andy Walensky salt? Olinsky, because I think that's yes. fun. <laughs> okay, sure. Do what you want, man. What inside joke is this? It's not even an inside. It's just some guy like uh, he Barack like, Obama read his book. Yeah, he was like, and the, it, like he became the like the poster radical, boy for like radical, yeah, like it was radicalism, just a name. something like that. Yeah. He just has a name that people hear and think it means socialism. So yeah, he said it all yeah. the time on Fox News. So oh, I see. That's, that's that's okay. But anyway, Continue, uh, so I could easily see Farabee. I could see Farabee being up as soon as. Like, the thing is, it's still theoretically possible that tomorrow they could place Nolan Patrick on long-term IR and bring Joel Farabee back for Game One since he's still with the team. It's not like they sent him yeah, home, yeah. so they could still do it. But even if they don't, like, let's say the Flyers, which because they're the Flyers, let's be realistic here, it's probably going to happen. Let's say the Flyers lose on Friday, and like Carson Torinsky doesn't play that well. It's very possible that next Wednesday for the home opener, Joel Farabee is on the third line at wing. Yeah, like if Terensky <laughs> or Bunneman or whoever just pulls a Vorobiev, all of a sudden there's an open roster yeah, spot. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like two games in, you go, oh, wow. Not what we signed up for. <laughs> like, there's an open roster spot suddenly. So I, I, I'm just... The Phantoms are going to be worth paying attention oh, yeah, to, absolutely. not just because they're good, but because there's going to, there are guys knocking on the door who are good enough to be here, and I'm really looking forward to that. No, I just the thing with that that surprising with Farabee, and it just made the whole situation kind of weird was that on Thursday when the Flyers played the Rangers at MSG, I was at the game, and Farabee was probably the best player on the ice for the Flyers, with the exception of Carter Hart, who was also fantastic. But Farabee was all over the ice. He had, like, seven quality scoring chances. Like, he was just great. And it looked like he had totally figured out the pace thing. You know, it was the latter part of preseason, and he was playing his best game. You're like, shit, this guy, he looks great. And then we asked Vino, you know, basically, I think it was Sam Carcidi asked him. Sam asked, like, a really good point of question about basically, like, is Farabee going to make the team? And Vino, to his credit, had a very blunt answer, which was, you know what? If he's not in the lineup that first game of the regular season, it'll be a surprise. And understandably, surprise! you take that to mean <laughs> the dude's making the team. There's only one more preseason game left. He's going to Europe. The coach is like, I'll be shocked if he's not in my opening night lineup. And then one weird Switzerland game, yeah. and he's not on the roster. Like It was just weird. AV just takes a sip of scotch and follows up and goes, I fucking love surprises. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You're making him out to be like a Bond villain. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I just, speaking of that Switzerland game and Bunneman and Twarinski making it, and the guys who aren't here and the IR, our roster is up uh, up in the air, and then they lose the lasagna, they throw the lines in the blender. <laughs> what are these lines going to look like on Friday? Do we have a, like, 
God, I it like, does not. God. Look, all of a sudden, I don't think Couturier between Giroux and Konechny is line one. Like, is it something different? Like, are we going to have Giroux and Voracek with Hayes and Limblom? Yeah, those lines were weird, man. Limblom and uh, and Konechny on with uh, with Coots. Like, I don't know. It's. I'm interested to see what this guy does. I'm looking. He's entertaining as hell. I really like him, but what do we think this this is going to look like on Friday? I have to be- I-, I have to believe that they're going to like they're going to put him back to somewhat normality, right? Like you're not yes. going to go into game 1 with line combinations that never played together. Well, no, love I mean, surprises, no, I don't Charlie. Think so. No. <laughs> love surprises. <laughs> Like you're you're really gonna break up Claude Giroux and, and Sean Gatterier for the first game of the regular season? Well, that season? would be absurd. It, you know, I um, I've said all since they put them together, I never want to see them apart. Yeah, but something I like about AV is he doesn't seem to have a problem making guys uncomfortable. I. Which, like, I, I mean, I, I went on the show last week and I said I thought it was great that he changed up the, the cut structure yeah. and wanted to put these guys on edge. I like that, but there's putting guys on edge and there's like playing a game with two hands tied behind your back, which is what you do if you throw a bunch of guys out there for the first game of the season that have never really played with each other. I guess, like, they've... Some of them have never played with each other. If G and Voracek are your wingers... Fair. ...and Hayes is your center, some tells me those three would figure it out pretty yeah, quickly. Maybe. Like, uh, Couturier has played with Limblom. He's played with Konechny. Those guys, Not as much. I mean, he's played with Konechny a decent amount, you know? So it's you still have some pairs there that make some sense. And then your third line was always going to be thrown together because someone was going to win the spot, and you didn't know who the center was because Nolan Patrick's hurt. So... I, he's sick. He's, Noel he's Patrick is hurt. on LTIR. I well, don't. He's not. He's, he's on, also he's on not IR. that. He's on IR. He's, he's on IR he, because he's out. Noel Patrick hurt. is out. He's hurt. He's not hurt. He's hurting. He's well. He's, migraines hurt. Aren't we all though? <laughs> <laughs> like migraines are painful. No. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, excruciating. Actually, so he's yeah. hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, so the bottom six was always kind of going to be thrown together, especially after we hear about the illnesses or injuries or whatever is going on in the bottom six with Pitlick and all that. But I, I don't know. I, I don't have the biggest problem with splitting up G and, and Couturier as much as I did, like, you know, a week ago. No. I mean, no. I don't want it. I, I almost have a bigger problem with the the pairings because to me defensive pairings are almost like more important to have communication and like these pairings the only pairing here that has any experience playing with each other is ghost and hague like you're gonna put provy with you're gonna put provy with braun they have spent they've spent zero minutes together in preseason you're gonna put sanhai with niskin and again zero minutes together in preseason like they're gonna have mistakes and they're gonna give up goals because they have no idea how to play with each other like i i'm really hoping that this is just like yo guys i'm getting your attention and then i'll change it back into because they didn't practice today i think today was like the tourist day for them in uh in prague that's fun um well they apparently they went out lots of beer well Actually, very well that could be because apparently Voracek was taking the team out to like one of his oh favorite God. restaurants last night. There it is. So oh it's boy. it's certainly possible that they needed a day to recuperate <laughs> from Jake Voracek taking his teammates. For out. the record, in Prague, beer is cheaper than water. Wait, really? Yes. Oh Holy shit. Yes. I really should have went. <laughs> That's gotta... listen. Beer is cheaper than water in Prague. Everybody who is there. Enjoy. <laughs> uh, I'm so incredibly jealous. Bastards. You're all rat bastards. What are you looking up? <laughs> I'm trying to, it's a, I can't find it, but it was a picture of my buddy Frank who's over there and he's, oh, Frank, he's Frank over went, there? Yeah, he went. Hey, he's like friend by of the himself, pod. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh, like I would have got him credentials if I had people, known. A bunch of people bailed on him, so like he might be with one of our friends, he might be by himself, but he sent us a picture the other day and it's like him in the full on like Oktoberfest gear. Oh, Really? And I was oh, like, Frankie. It's nice. so fun. Nice. Like, it is we a cool done a trip. Remote. We should all just have gone. But going back yeah. to. Uh, we all should We should. It would have been fun. Going yeah, back, we going, fucked up. Going back to Farabee for a second. Yeah. Charlie yeah. doesn't want to talk about how we fucked up. I mean, I don't want to think about having fun. <laughs> 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 I 
it, it makes Axel. me sad that I'm not okay. having fun. Okay, okay. Um, going back to Faraby for a second, like now that it looks like, barring a turn of events in the next 24 hours, um, where he gets called back up because Patrick or Walensky is a long-term IR, uh, it's now his camp is now so much reminding me of Lindblom's in 2017. Because it was the same thing. Like, Limblom was great that camp, did all the right things. He just didn't score. And they sent him down because it was like, okay, buddy, learn to score. Like, learn to score at this <laughs> level. And, like, they knew he could do it. It yeah. was just a matter Remember of, like, how mad actually we were? do it. Well, he was much better than multiple guys that were still on that, that lineup. So that made sense. Yeah, we... Oh God! Just Your every, old. Just um, everything, just everything about this era of Flyers hockey it's, is maddening. It's been so painful. Like, uh, I but, think Burnside sat down with um, with Giroux to yes. talk about like yeah. the it was a good uh, article. The, yeah, it was very good, but just good the failed promise of his, you know, Giroux's era basically, and it, was, it like made me sad. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this it is poor sad. man, this poor man who did nothing but play his ass off for twelve years, like finally has some backup. I'm hoping things are good. Well, but, who who did like, the uh, he hasn't been out he hasn't been to the second round since 2012 that's nuts who did like the four pictures of Claude Drew where it's like his rookie year picture and he's got like this like big gap tooth <laughs> yeah. smile and then like slowly as the years go by Misery. his profile picture becomes more and more <laughs> miserable and it was like yeah pretty much though Claude can we talk sorry G can we talk about the bunny man sure how I you could have lined up I couldn't pick this guy out of a lineup still, but you could have given me the full list of our prospects. He would have not made mine of guys with potential to make this team this year. I don't know whether he would have made mine. I don't even know if I ranked him on my top 25 under 25, to be I'm honest. I'm pretty sure I ranked him, but not high. No, and that's that's kind of what I, you know, when I put this on the outline, I wanted to propose is like, so Carson yeah. Torinsky and Connor Bunneman both made the team. They're, they're going to be playing in game one. So like, are we happy about this? Like, like we want kids. They are kids. They're they're not the fun kids, but they are indeed prospects who were drafted and developed by the organization that have earned jobs on the Flyers roster and in their starting lineup. So, like, how are we feeling about these guys? Because they're just not the guys we were excited about. Uh, I, I just get a little bit worried because Torinsky especially uh, is kind of a hockey man pick. Like, yes, he's a prospect, but is he going to beat out Joel Farabee for the next two years just because he does hockey man things? Or, I don't know. We all have PTSD. I know, it's true. We all have PTSD. So it's a different, it's a different regime. Um, it's the fourth line. It's it's likely going to be the fourth line, and I'm totally fine with it. And he played his ass off. The he both did. of them played their asses off in preseason and and camp, and you know, good for them. I mean, this yeah. is, this organization is full of bottom six forwards. We've got to start seeing them eventually. And that's uh, you need these guys who are on these cheap deals to come in and contribute. Will they be guys who? produce a ton I doubt it but this is what your bottom six is supposed to be made of when you start paying 1.5 2.2 million for guys you could you know who could be doing the exact same thing for 900k that's when you that's where you find your value so I'm excited for it I just think it's funny that the 82nd and 109th overall picks from 2016 <laughs> have made the team before the 22nd Oh boy! Oh yeah, because that was Rupsov. Right? That was Rupsov. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I guess like I see where you're, I see where you're coming from, Bill, and I I agree with everything you're saying in theory. In that this is what we wanted. We wanted to draft and develop. It's cheaper. You don't waste money on fourth liners. That's great. I'm just not convinced these guys are going to be best. good NHL yeah. fourth liners. Like I, they could be, and there's an excitement factor because like. Sometimes you just don't friggin' know. Yeah. Like some guys, they're just like eh, in in the AHL, and they come up and they're useful. Like I say it all the time. Two years ago, the Bruins brought up like five AHLers who all were mediocre in the AHL, and they immediately became really good bottom sixers and middle sixers. And it was like, 
Who in the goddamn hell is Danton Heinen? And I, and like he did, he was like a 35, <laughs> yeah. 40 point guy in the AHL, and he came up and he's a 45 point guy in the NHL. So sometimes this shit just is inexplicable. And I'm excited because I'm like, hey, maybe Carson Terinsky and Connor Bunham will come up in the, in the NHL and they will score a little bit and they'll drive play pretty well and everything will be great and they'll be useful fourth liners. But like, I'm just not sure I see it with them. Like, there's a reason why me and Alex Appiard, like, don't rank them in a top prospects list because they, they just didn't show a ton in the minors last year. Like, Bunneman showed more, but he still only had 32 points in 62 games. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I hope they're good. And I hate to go back to this, but like I would have been more excited if Nick Albay-Cubell was the fourth liner because I have more confidence based on what he did in the minors that he can be a good NHL fourth liner. Whereas I don't know if either of these guys are even like good AHL second liners. And that's what you're saying, because I agree with what you're saying, but it's kind of what excites me about the potential for these two. Which is fair. It's that... I think the organization knows what Vorobiev and Albe Kubel are, and they can always go back to them. Hey, guess what? You're up now, and fill in these roles. Done. But there's potential that these two are just something else, a little bit more energy, a little bit more uh, production, just a little bit something else that they don't fully have a grasp on yet, and maybe they're worse. And guess what? In two weeks, if they're worse... See ya. And we bring those other two up and figure this thing out. I like that they're going with what they perceive as upside. And I'm going to go back to my rant uh, when I was talking about Chris Stewart a couple weeks ago. Because this applies. I'm done just saying, well, I want this guy because I like this guy. I don't. You know what? Whoever won the jobs, that's who deserves them. That's all I wanted to see. And it's, it's, yeah, but, it's yeah, not but, Curtis Gabriel, yeah, so but I'm happy about that. Are they that. going with upside or are they going with who happened to score a couple goals in meaningless hockey games? Like That's my They're thing. They're not if, meaningless, if, though. If they were, if they were jobs going, yeah, were they going are. to be determined by these games. That's not meaningless. Fair. But I, that's a really good point. I guess they're, they're meaningless for the vets. Yeah. Well, I, I guess for me, like, I worry that Carson Torinsky is like the bizarre world Phil Myers, where it's like Carson Torinsky has had two straight great He's camps. He's just good at this. And yeah. then in the entire AHL season was just a dude. Phil Myers has had two straight not great camps, and then the entire AHL season was really good. Yeah. So it's like... I don't know. Maybe this is actually Carson Torinsky. And I think the disconnect with somebody like Carson Torinsky between the different groups of fans is that there's like, I think most diehard Flyers fans care about the prospects. Most do. But there's a group that like only really pays close attention to them during dev camp and training camps because they go to Voorhees, they watch them play, and they're impressed because undeniably Carson Torinsky was really good in camps. Absolutely has been good in them. And then there's a group of people that pay attention to prospects who watch college hockey, who watch junior hockey, who watch the Phantoms. And that's the group that's like, every time I've watched Carson Zerinsky when he was with Kelowna and when he's um, and when he was with the Phantoms, like he just didn't look like a slam dunk NHLer. And that's the disconnect. The people that didn't really watch a ton of those games but paid very close attention to preseason and training camp and dev camp, they're going to love a guy like Zerinsky. And if that if that is the real Carson Torinsky, Carson Torinsky will be a very useful bottom sixer because undeniably he's been good in both camps and at dev camp and in preseason games. But if he's the guy from the AHL, then my concern, because you said, well, if he's not good enough, he'll just go back down. I guess my concern, and again, this probably goes back to the PTSD we have, is that I've seen too many times hockey men decide that bad players are good. Yeah, okay. And I just worry that even if some of these prospects who they overrate are actually bad, they're going to decide they're good and keep them up over prospects who are actually good. Here's a question I would like. I'm not expecting an answer from anybody here because we're uh, like me. We all have Flyers tunnel vision. You know, we see what the Flyers do and just, well, why can't they just go with the ideal lineup, just maximize everything? Does a single team in hockey have, like, the fully maximized lineup. That's fair. I mean, no. Uh, there are no. 31 teams in the NHL. 
are any of them made up of 12 forwards, six defensemen, and two goalies who are the absolute best players in their organization? I'm willing to guess it's no. And here's what and that, that's what's going to get me to what I like about Bunneman and Torensky. Bunneman's listed at 61207. Torensky's listed at 62198. If we're going to have that element, well, we need a little bit more size. We need a little bit more this or that. Some if beefy boys. If we're going to have it, at least these are just cheap guys that we drafted and developed and maybe they could turn into something. It's not Chris Vandevelde. Yeah. Like, that's the, Which is that's totally what fair. I'm happy about. Do I want Joel Farabee or Morgan Frost on this team or Phil Myers on this team more than the guys that made it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, Cody Cece's going to play top four minutes for the most skilled team in the league. <laughs> Cody Cece, more like, like Taka Peepee. They went out and got Dan freaking Girardi <laughs> to play for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, you know, it's this, yeah. is, this is what hockey is. It's yeah. made up of bad decisions and oh, bad God. plays. And, and I want to make it clear, like, yeah. I'm not even convinced that these are bad decisions. Like, yeah. if, if we're 10 games into the year and Connor Bunneman is, like, you know, has a a fifty three percent Corsi, and he's got six points in twelve games. Like, I'm going to be like, shit. I am happy that I was skeptical. I am happy that I was wrong about being skeptical about Connor Berinsky, Connor Bunneman, like Connor Berinsky. Yeah, there we go. We're combining. There we go. Just We're getting together. there. It's uh, fine. But, but seriously, like, I would love these guys to come up and actually produce good results. I just, I'm skeptical they will. I hope they do. I'm skeptical they will. And if they don't produce good results, I hope the Flyers recognize that and get rid of them in favor of players that have a better chance of producing good results. That's kind of where I stand. How is Robert Haig so bulletproof? This guy. Hits, baby. Just like, again, I'd rather go with the unknown in Moran now. I'm so I, I actually I actually think, Mar- so I, I think Moran has looked better in camp than in Oh, Haig. he's absolutely looked better. Yes, he has. I'm just so like, I, this guy is a, a third pair defenseman who's going to chip it off the glass at best. At least Moran is the exact same thing, but he'll kill somebody. <laughs> Literally murder them. I want to see his hits. You can actually count them. Yeah, you oh, you watch be, them. You know be they on happen. On my television screen, when he hits somebody, I'll see it. It won't just show up in the box score when I go. Oh, let me open the box score before I start. How that? No, Robert Hank didn't have six hits. I'm sorry, that didn't happen because <laughs> that's what happened so many times last year. When Sam Moran hits somebody, you feel it. Yeah, the whole. The, well, I just. I, I just. I feel they, bad. The, the, the thing is, they weren't going to waive Robert. I Hague. know. Like that's the thing. They weren't going to waive him because I do believe. I do believe that the new front office, you know, the Fletcher run front office. I don't think they view Robert Haig especially highly, but I do think they view him as an NHL defenseman, and no organization wants to lose an NHL defenseman for nothing. No, oh, yeah. So I don't think they were ever going to waive him. Now it would have been it would have been very interesting, as we talked about earlier, if Myers had killed it this month in camp and been like, "I got to be the sixth defenseman. You guys have to put me in that role." And then this Walensky thing happened. I don't know what they would have done because I don't think it would have been crazy for them to explore the trademark for Robert Haig. I also don't think it would have been crazy if they would have, you know, just said, "What the hell? Let's give it a shot and send Moran down and hopefully he clears." Obviously, that's, that didn't happen because Myers gave them an excuse not to, you know, have him in the starting lineup. But like, I don't think they're wedded to Robert Haig as a every night starter. At the same time, the fact that he will most likely be in the starting lineup for Game One, you never know. And like, I've liked what I've seen from Elaine Vigneault so far, but I can't forget that he's the guy who used Dan Girardi on the top pair for four years. So you never know. But like, those teams also had a decent amount of success in doing so. Yeah, but. Ryan McDonough could have been a much better defenseman if Dan Girardi wasn't next to him. Just saying. It, just it saying. worked. I'm just saying. It worked. They won like Did two president's though? trophies. Well, yes. But I mean, zero cups. That worked, but they could have been even better and maybe won a cup if Probably they didn't have not. They stabled their best defenseman to their worst. I'll tell you, though. Andy Walensky, I have no idea who he is. Me neither. <laughs> Never heard of him before in my he's life. He's got 33 games played, uh, all with Anaheim over two years, a goal and five assists in that time. He's my least favorite player, maybe in the history of hockey. <laughs> him and Marty Havlat just hanging out in the penalty box. Whoa, that is a serious, like, more, I more, hate you, everybody. you hate him more than Peter Mrazek? Ah. <sighs> We'll see. Peter Mur- I'm, he has a chance to prove me retroactively right. 
If he's good now. Yeah, if he's good no, now. No, 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 because he, he, was, chance... he was horrible for the Flyers, yeah, and that's all that matters. Yeah, but I can blame that, that on the Flyers' defense and Dave Haxtell. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. I like blaming Dave Haxtell. Yeah, all right, you've, you've, we've come <laughs> full circle. We're fine now. He has to prove me retroactively <laughs> right this year. Uh, I've, I've, I think um, our friend Paul was texting me, asking me who this Wolenski person is. I'm like, I've never heard of this but person he before. Is, he apparent, the amount of times his name has been said on this show, I guarantee, is more than the amount of times his name has been said during NHL broadcasts in his three in his 33 games played. It's <laughs> unfreaking believable the impact that he's had on this team just by getting hurt in camp. Yeah, yeah. And and again, this goes back to my yeah, original exactly. point where it's like, it's ridiculous that this should have an impact. He shouldn't be here. Or he should be, if he's here, he certainly shouldn't have any cap implications. Yeah, that's... Uh, 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 so <laughs> have have we, I know that we're, we need to finish the show, but have we touched on how they're playing seven defensemen and 11 forwards? They might be, unless it. unless I, Tyler Pitlick is cleared by, okay. to, by well, Friday. Yeah. Today's mm-hmm. Wednesday. Tyler Pitlick making, it's... Lineup decisions come down to Tyler Pitlick and Andy Walensky now. Astounding. Yeah. This is where we are. This is your 2019-2020 Flyers. Hockey's are, back, baby. Things are starting yes. great. Uh, and that is where we will leave you on this episode of BSH Radio. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, thank you to Kelly and Steph and Charlie. My name is Bill. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about-